Hello there, and welcome to another exciting episode of Dead Reflections Podcast. This is episode 35, and we are your hosts. Caleb. My name's Colby. And I'm your boy, Josh, a.k.a. Drifter Voyages. Thank you so much for tuning in wherever you are. New episodes every Friday. Our goal here is to give someone at the table the chills, and if we're lucky, we might even send those spooks along to you. Some uh, familiar with failure show updates. The Sunday, October 9th, West Texas Fear Fest, Rolling Sevens Ranch in Odessa, Texas. We'll be on the outdoor stage with our boys in Brightburn with No Fear and Insides starting at 7.30. Next Thursday, October 13th, Never Rest EP release show at the Ballroom in Austin, Texas with Never Rest, of course, Koenigsor, Mothman, Designs, and The Venice. The following Friday, October 14th, We'll be in Harker Heights at Game Day Sports Bar for IXI Fest with uh, Astrixian, Everyone Dies in Utah, Rain, Beyond the Dead, and Psychopact. Shows are always subject, subject to change, but uh, come throw your weenuses and pick up a sh- CD or t-shirt. Speaking of merch, what you got on your bodies? A little jarred. From the <laughs> <laughs> Did the weenuses throw yeah, you off? Yeah, I wasn't ready for that. Um <laughs> It's Spooky Month. I got one of my favorite the spooky-esque movie shirts on. It's Ghostbusters, the Stay oh, Puft yeah. Marshmallow. Isn't that like one of Goat your like, bu- favorite Goat one of my all-time favorites? Yeah. 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 That's awesome, Goat dude. Goat Busters. Mm-hmm. Gobbusters. strange. Go- Gobblegoo. <laughs> <laughs> Gobblegoo. <laughs> what do you got, Josh? Uh, I'm repping Living Hollow this episode. I think that was the shirt I had on last, last episode. Yeah, the exact one. Because you had to buy the same fucking design. God damn it, what you bitch. The other ones were cool, but I wanted this one. I'm sorry. I'm rocking the ghost inside. Yeah. And some vice. Yeah. Yeah. Vice, vice on the hat. Vice is that golf? Yeah. Is it go- like golf? Like we golf. Is it balls? It it involves them. It involves a lot of balls. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds like fun. Um, uh, <laughs> what are we talking about today, boys? Other than golf sub- balls? Sublime. Sub- so the the you can do it. Subliminal messages. Very good, Josh. <laughs> Excellent. I'm he's, so proud. He's 45 years old. I mean, <laughs> real talk though. I literally sat like at work, like while I was working. You didn't know and he's I 45. Say, and I would <laughs> wait. What? <laughs> and I was saying that word over and over again because I was like, "Fuck!" Like we're gonna have to say that a lot. On this episode, and I make struggle like super hard with that word. You what? Make struggle super <laughs> hard. <you> said it. <laughs> I don't know if you actually said that or if I heard it. And so, like, I was like, I was like, so, but I can't even fucking do it when I'm on the spot. So liminal. So <laughs> you just butchered that. Subliminal. 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 See, I can do that, but it's the all at the end that like throw. It makes my oh, brain subliminal. Subliminal. Sublim. What? We've been saying it right the whole time, Josh. I don't what know what's is going it? on here. Sub- uh, subliminal. So okay. we need to move on. <laughs> and uh, the, for uh, for audio <laughs> listeners, we apologize. Uh, we are very sick with allergies, so you'll probably hear that in our voices. Texas and is like an asshole right we'll now. We'll probably we'll probably be coughing our tits out for uh, the next thirty minutes. But yeah. Titties. <laughs> We got we got we got some medi- medicine uh yeah. venison wait, course wait, and through for blood. that shit to kick in. <laughs> yeah. Oh my mind's been kicking. <clears throat> so uh what what So we drew subliminal messages <laughs> last episode. That is what Elvira is holding at the moment. 
my story is I'm going last today because I have the bone. Um, er. <laughs> okay. Jesus Christ. I'll be going last. Oh, yeah. I have a story about a guy that finds a <clears throat> old school game at a flea market and somewhere buried within there is a message that he doesn't immediately catch and it makes him do something. <clears throat> oh, okay. Um, mine is also about a game. It's about an arcade game that uh, made its debut only in Portland, Oregon back in 1981. And uh, yeah, it's about what that arcade game was like causing people like and stuff. That was your stomach? That was, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> I heard that. Well, it was, it was, it was my esophagus. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, so, my story uh, involves a court case with the popular metal band Judas Priest. Oh, and this is a good story. I like that story. Yeah, this basically, um, two two suicides that um, yeah, that like led a- to a whole controversy of. Yeah. It originally started with Ozzy Osbourne, and um, but Judas Priest's case um, really like took it to the next level of like court hearings and and shit. And about I mean, it. this kind of like didn't it was this case, if I remember correctly, was the case that really started like parents and well anybody that does something wrong. Like it really started uh, to like blame it on them blaming music. it on music. Yeah. yeah, the whole the whole satanic panic. Yeah. <clears throat> That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. I guess I'll get into it. If you will light the ceremonial candle, sir. I had the. I had it. I, I, had I literally it. just oh saw it in your God. hand, Josh. Where did it go? I literally just had it. Do, 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 do. Oh, Josh is on my crotch. He's looking for the lighter. He found like a ton of lighter in his crotch. He's gonna light the candle now. Snoop Dogg would be proud. What an excellent lighting of the candle. Look at that. Look at how slowly and, uh, the wick I is also burning. have. I also have the alleged um, piece of music from Judas Priest um, that caused this incident, um, but it's okay for us to play it because it's in reverse. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, shit. I don't think I've ever heard that. I've always wanted to hear it. I never... Um, I'm excited. You sit back and enjoy it. Drink, drugs, and backwards masking. What happened when Judas Priest were taken to court, accused of placing subliminal messages in their music? In 1990, metal faced a big, big crisis, one that could have changed the nature of the music as we know it now. Weird, worded weirdly. It all centered on a court case featuring Judas Priest, who were sued over the actions of two fans five years previously on December 23, 1985. 20-year-old James Vance and 18-year-old Raymond Belknap, who lived in Sparks, Nevada, went to a playground in a local church and shot themselves at point-blank range with a shotgun. Belknap died instantly, while Vance survived for a further three years before dying from the complications brought on by his injuries. Yes, it was tragic, but what had it what had it to do with the priest? Well, the two teenagers were said to have been listening to priest records earlier that day while drinking heavily and smoking marijuana. The devil's lettuce. 
and it was this combination that eventually led to their suicide pact. The two families subsequently alleged that Priest has placed subliminal messages in several places on the 1978 Stained Class album, inciting fans, specifically this pair, to kill themselves. Some of those, some of these were inserted using backwards masking. This was said to have been most obvious in the song Better By You, Better Than Me, where hidden messages told fans, let's be dead and do it. That's the big, like, thing that people say they can hear is do it a bunch of times. Yeah. And these incitements claim that the lawyers acting on behalf of the families were directly responsible for the death. deaths. Both the band and record label CBS were named in a civil case, which went to trial at the Washoe, Washoe County District Court on July 16, 1990. Eventually, the case against Priest and their label was dismissed, but had the verdict gone the other way, it could have opened the portals for a raft of such, case, such cases and would probably have led to the banning of considerable number, number of metal albums and songs. This band could have even reached the point where metal bands weren't being signed and might have faced problems in playing live. The ramifications may have been so far-reaching as to have driven the music almost to the point of extinction. At the time, Priest guitarist Glenn Tipton said, It's a fact that you play speech backwards. Some of it will seem to make sense. So I asked permission to go into a studio and find some perfectly innocent phonetic flukes. The lawyers didn't want to do it, but I insisted. We brought a copy. We bought a copy of Stained Glass, Stained Class album in a local record shop. Went to the studio, recorded it to tape, turned it over, and played it backwards. Right away, we found, "Hey, mom, my chair's broken," and "Give me a peppermint," and "Help me keep a job." It was like Disney World. Rob How- Rob Halford commented on the trial. We had no idea what a subliminal message was. It was just a combination of some weird guitar sounds and the way I exhaled between lyrics. I had to sing Better By You, Better Than Me in court, a cappella. I think that was when the judge thought, what am I doing here? (laughs) No band goes out of its way to kill its fans. It tore us up emotionally hearing someone say to the judge and the cameras that this is a band that creates music that kills young people. We accept that some people don't like heavy metal, but we can't let them convince us that it's negative and destructive. Heavy metal is a friend that gives people great pleasure and enjoyment and helps them through hard times. In the end, the judge actually did agree that there were subliminal messages, but these were only discernible after their location had been identified and after the sounds were isolated and amplified. The sounds would not be consciously discernible to the ordinary listener under normal listening conditions. Now, all these years later, the whole area of subliminal and backwards messaging messages gives a lot less concern when it comes to possible legal threats. But for a short while in that Reno courthouse, things looked very troubled for our world. Good job, dude. That was yeah. that was really good. You did a good job on that. Um, I, I had known of the court case. I didn't know that it went that far. Oh, dude, I didn't know yeah. That. It was like a whole thing. And I think what's his name ended up he's like defended other bands and yeah, stuff Alford. too yeah. yeah he's literally gone and like defended like Rob Marilyn Alford's Manson. the fucking grandpa of metal yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah no here is um I already forgot the name of the song uh, for me oh god it's not like you said better, better by you better than me I didn't I forgot that, that was the song and I was like 
See, I've listened to this already today. And there's nothing. There's nothing discernible. This is backwards, correct? Yeah. Okay. It has a fade out, so it's gonna, oh. <laughs> it's gonna fade in. Okay. Entirety of the song, or are we looking for one spot? We'll just, we'll just okay. play like a minute of it. Yeah, this is a bop, dude. <laughs> Saying so, get off my back, get off my back. This is wild that that can be ever used in court. So I, I did hear just now, uh, stick, uh, stick you in the ass or something like that. Uh, That's what I heard, but to me it sounded like so. No, it was before that. Yeah. And then I heard like snake. Or stick it up your uh, ass. Snake, I want to wear your sneakers. <laughs> I can't. I couldn't even pick up any of that. I think what it is. It's uh, all. It's all imagination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, That's all it is. It's phonetic yeah. sounds that. Yeah, your brain it, just pieces yeah. it together. It's kind of like how we were um, interpreting what the what the spirit stuff. box was saying. Yeah, because because like when you're in a when you're in a mindset that it's bad, you're gonna hear bad. Your brain's gonna create yeah. what it needs to create. It's just wild to me that they made him sing it. Ah, for uh, for OG podcast fans, um, if you saw the episode where we did the spirit box, uh, was that during the episode or was that it during was after stream? during stream? Okay, so if <laughs> if you were yeah, if you were really fan, yeah, if you were really fan. a fan and you were here for that stream, uh, we actually did the spirit box wrong. Uh, we were supposed to do it in reverse because if it's going in forward you're obviously going to pick up yeah. words that are being broadcasted oh and uh, which it makes it makes a lot more sense now <laughs> well next time we'll do it in reverse forward reverse but yeah but like same same um argument there like we picked out things that we could hear in yeah. that and that was a full-fledged song for yeah. a minute and a half and uh, so we're bound to hear uh, broadcast stuff uh-huh. um, in reverse and think it's saying something. Yeah. Um, but according to according to paranormal researchers, searchers, the um, the proper way to do a spirit box is in reverse. We'll have so to do we, it. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll definitely do, it, do yeah. another spirit box session pretty soon. <clears throat> All but right. I think we should do it at a, a location. That's yeah, I, I, I agree. a little more active. I agree. Like uh, we should definitely do it on like a known like location that has. Activity. So, my before I get into my story, I kind of I did a bunch of like diving into like actual like subliminal messaging and found a bunch of different um, incidences that are real. Like this really happened. Uh, 
with subliminal messaging. It's not necessarily what's scary to me about subliminal. I think sublim- all of our stories. I'm doing good, real. right? I'm saying subliminal. Oh, your story's not real. Sorry. Well, I'm, sa- I'm saying no the word, and and I was doing good, and y'all didn't notice. Uh, subliminal. Fuck. You know you did it right. <laughs> you did um, it right. Subliminal. Just say sub messages. Yeah. So so the thing with sub messages, <laughs> what's scary about it is how, like. You can you can control people with that shit. Mm. Like uh, one incidence was uh, in uh, like some movie theater back in like the eighties or nineties. I think it was the early nineties. They they would flash like a Snickers bar, or they would flash like popcorn, and and it's so fast that you can't like your brain doesn't register that it happened. Well, it registers that it happened, Mm. but you don't notice it. Mm -hmm. No. And then within you know thirty minutes of the movie. Of them doing that, most of the people got up and fucking bought a Snickers bar. Like, yeah. do you see how like that like c- like that can control? Yeah. Like, that's bad. I mean, that's uh, scary. There's a uh, I'll interject for a quick second because there's the, the yeah the card yeah. trick that I think I talked about either on podcast yeah. or whatever. But yeah, they basically r- ruffle down a set of cards, and I have one pulled out. Mm-hmm. So when I'm ruffling through, it'll skip a beat, and yeah. you can see one card for a one card space longer than all the rest. Yeah. So, so it sticks out. You to stick you. it out and it's just for a millisecond longer. It's called a, a forced uh, Yeah, it's draw. a force. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So it's it's <clears throat> applicable everywhere, even in the... Even back in 1978 like in Wichita, Kansas, uh, a television station, KAKE-TV, received special permission from the police to place a subliminal message in a report on the BTK killer, <laughs> which stands for Bind, Torture, Kill, if you didn't know. In an effort to get him to turn himself in, the sublim- they they literally were doing it to try and make him mm-hmm. because they knew that he would watch because he you know he liked thing. the yeah um, basically uh, the messages would flash on the screen and uh, one was now call the chief and another one was a pair of glasses that he had left sorry do I need to get closer another one was a pair of glasses that he had left like at a scene it was uh, with Nancy Fox uh, which was one of his uh, murder victims um he left a pair of glasses lying face down and i I don't know if it was them trying to say like we have something that has like your Mm -hmm. dna or fingerprints on it i mean i don't think that dna was around back then not not in this how we know it today yeah no it was unsuccessful uh they knew what it was (laughs) but they were like i don't know about this yeah and then, uh, so during the 2000 U.S. presidential campaign, there was a television ad for uh, re- uh, Republican candidate George W. Bush that showed words and parts thereof scaling from the foreground to the background on the television screen. When the word bureaucrat flashed on the screen, one framed only showed the last part, rats, like he was trying to like, <laughs> make, yeah, uh, which is uh, interesting. Um, uh, and... Yeah, those were like some of the main ones that I wanted to talk about. But um, so my story is about a arcade game called Poly Polybius, Polybius. It's P O L Y B I U S. Polybius. Polybius. That sounds right. Yeah, and um, and it was an arcade game that uh, only showed up in Portland, Oregon, in 1981. And here's why. Portland, Oregon, in 1981, an unheard of new arcade game appeared in several suburbs, something of a rarity at the time. This game was this game was called Polybius. 
The game proved to be incredi incredibly popular to the point of addiction and queues formed around the machine, quickly followed by clusters of visits from men in black. Rather than the usual marketing data collected by company visitors to arcade machines, they collected some unknown data allegedly testing responses to the psychoactive machines themselves. The players themselves suffer from a series of unpleasant side effects, amnesia, insomnia, nightmares, night terrors, and suicide appearing as having been caused by the game in various versions of this legend. Some players stopped playing video games while it is reported that one became an anti-gaming activist after playing this game. Polybius is an urban legend about a rare arc. Oh, and so, okay, so that's like the actual information. This is like basically like talking about like, uh, or no, that's the urban legend. This is basically talking about like the actual information. So Polybius is an urban legend about a rare arcade game released in 1981. The game was created by a mysterious company called Since Deletion. It's actually a German company, but I'm not going to even try to pronounce that. Um, and was a puzzle shoot 'em up somewhat like Tempest. Yeah. Want me to try to pronounce it? We'll try it after because I want to do it too. Wanna, yeah, I want to try it. <laughs> it was only released in a few suburbs in Portland, Oregon. It was supposedly very popular with people forming long lines to play it. However, players reported strange things about the game, such as hearing a woman crying and seeing grotesque faces come out of the corner of their eyes. Yeah. Players would also have nightmares, experience nausea, headaches, blackouts, and or develop amnesia. And e there were even some that committed suicide. Others stopped playing games. Oh, wait, no, that's a... Uh, yeah, others stopped playing games altogether. There was a game... There was a person that played the game and became an anti-gaming activist because of it. According to, to the one of the owners of the arcade, he did have men in black wearing suits come in and often collect the records of the game to make the game better. Mm -hmm. Records of the game. They would literally so take the data of the game. Yeah, and that's how, what they called it, records yeah. of the game, which is a tip of the time, I guess. They did not take any money. They only wanted the data on the, on the gameplay itself. Because of this, the leading theory is that it was some sort of government experiment using subliminal messaging. The game remains in obscurity as around one month after it was released, all of the cabinets suddenly disappeared. One cabinet reappeared in an arcade in 1998, but quickly disappeared again once word got out that it was there. While some have tried to recreate the game, no one has ever found the original ROM of the game. And yeah oh and you can download what like basically people have tried to recreate the game yeah. you can download that game on uh like the website for it it's basically whatever this yeah. german word is dot com yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to see it okay good story though I, I didn't know that was a i've never heard of that it's right there i, I put it in red yeah it's a real thing Sinus Russian. Jesus Christ! Immediately <laughs> aggressive. <laughs> I mean, German Sin is a very sinus Russian. Let's see. Okay, so your the O is an O because it's Slinu. Not... Slinu. Yeah. Uh, Slinu. Slinu You're pretty close. Sinus Russian. Sinus Russian. Sinus Russian. Shin. I forget. I forget that you know, like you you know a lot of German. I didn't think about that. I should have asked you before I did this. But yeah, so I just know how to do a pretty pretty good Hitler accent. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> cut that. <laughs> cut the, cut the, cut yeah, um, but uh, 
Yeah, it's just uh, it's my boy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. This is, good, this is a good story, Josh. <laughs> I do like that we picked video games. Yeah, That's I know. It's like, yeah, totally. Um, also, I don't like how uh, how much we touch on government conspiracy back on it again because it's something they'd for sure do. Like, I didn't mm. even think about it. Well, maybe that's a subliminal message in itself but whenever I was doing the Men in Black, now it's consumed my life. I'm surprised none of us did Disney. I yeah, thought Disney's I was going to do Disney, but a lot of it is dicks and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, that's more funny than yeah. scary. So like, and uh, there's a lot of dicks yeah. in Disney. Yeah. I thought <laughs> it's not, it's not funny anymore. <laughs> when you're, when you're a child, it's funny. But when when you're yeah, yeah, when, when you're an adult, lot. it's just it's predatory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're an adult, <laughs> knowing it was being shown up. to a child, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of like sexual stuff that they put in. Dick there. on the mermaid box. Dick on the mermaid box. Dick on the priest that marries Ursula and the prince. Dick in the clouds when Simba uh, lays no, down. It says sex. Oh, sex in the clouds. Yeah. Uh, in Aladdin, genie whispers, "Take off your clothes." Oh my God. This yeah. is interesting. I wanna, I've never looked into that. I want to. I want to see um, Robin Williams' take of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is, it's not his voice. Yeah, I know. But it sound. It kind of sounds like him, but it's it's not him. But yeah, there's a lot. Or it could have been like him behind the scenes, and they were yeah, like just being like hey, a weird this audio. <laughs> Because he, he was a pretty vulgar comedian. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like there was even like this one that one show with the with the mice. Where they're like the three blind mice. No, like the oh, Ratatouille. Fuck, Stuart Little. No, they're like resi- No, it's like older. It's way older. But there's uh-huh. literally a part where they're like on like a little thing, and there's windows, and literally if you freeze it, one of the windows just has a naked woman just standing there, like going like this. Mm. <laughs> it's like a picture. It's not yeah. even a drawing. It's literally. A, oh, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. And it's interesting too because that was done on film back in the day, so yeah. they had to they had cut to, like, film together. <laughs> it was intentional. Yeah. yeah, there's no way you didn't yeah. like you didn't slip a file in. There <laughs> Whoops. You didn't like shit. Click all your files and accidentally put that one in there. Whoops, I accidentally put this 15 minutes of work in here. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> well, are we ready to get into the mm-hmm. final story of the episode? So, uh, again, this is a Reddit one. I'll have to get the name of the poster, but it is called I Found an Old Game Called Akron. Now I Need to Warn Everyone. I don't know what's going to happen to me after I post this. I'm barely in control most days. So I better try to get this all down. I won't disclose my name or location because if what I think is going to happen ends up happening, you'll know it was me. I just need to get my story out there. The whole thing started when I was at a flea market. I enjoy walking around places and flea markets, looking for what catches my eye, but usually I keep a lookout for old computer stuff. Is that where you buy fleas? (laughs) I made that joke the other day. I'm a programmer, and I firmly believe in preservation of old hardware and software. The thing with computers is how much they can change in a short amount of time. I mean, think about the kind of computers we had in 2010 compared to the ones that we have now. And think about those compared to the ones that we had in 2000 compared Mm -hmm. to 1990, and so on and so on. The point is, stuff's like program operating systems get left in the dust with each leap of computing power. So what I like to do is preserve that or at least what I can from the olden days. Specifically, I like to look for old video games that I can run on emulators or modern modern operating systems. So you can only imagine my delight when I found an old game that I have never heard of. It was packaged in a thick rectangular box similar to, similar to some floppy disk games like the original Doom. The cover art was depicted as a man dressed in a barbarian outfit, loincloth and all, holding an axe in one hand and a sword in the other. He stood at the front of a small boat 
think it's called the bow, that was floating down a river and into the mouth of a large cave. The word Akron written across the top in big, bold red letters. Overall, a pretty me- metal cover. Akron spelt A-C-H-E-R-O-N. Oh, damn. I was thinking Akron, Ohio. Like Akron? Or Ak- <laughs> Akron, yeah. I, that's, it actually helped me to know that to pr- be able to pronounce it. It's a, we'll get into it later. It explains what it is. That'd be a cool song name. Akron. I flipped it around to see the blurb on the back. It was something like, You've come far, but now you've faced your greatest trial yet. You've decided to travel into the netherworld to face all the evils that plague mankind. With the weapons in hand, you sail your boat into the unknown. Prepare yourself for the journey on the river Akron. (laughs) Skyrim. Skyrim. (laughs) (laughs) There were screenshots of sort on the back, too. They showed what looked like first-person view, where the player character was holding a shield in one hand and a sword in the other, facing down some kind of monster. It was all done in vector graphics, like the old game Battlezone. I looked at the box for any kind of information on the publisher or release date, but there was nothing. I felt compelled to buy it out of a sense of curiosity. Maybe this is some truly obscure game, or maybe it was some kind of homebrewed project. Either way, if I could get this thing working on an emulator, then maybe I could share it with someone on the internet. There are a couple of communities with people like me, and I'm sure they would be thrilled by some obscure game that they probably didn't run on any modern systems. And I bought it for cheap. The guy running the stall didn't even seem to know it was there. I took it home, got my laptop out for emulating. I loaded up DOSBox. Since most old games I run on MS-DOS, this is a whole operating system that you Mm -hmm. use to emulate games. I hooked up my floppy disk reader and opened the Akron box. The game seemed to be only one floppy disk, which didn't bode well. Even old games like Doom required multiple floppy disks, so either this was a really short game or someone had lost the other disks in the set. But I put it put the disc in to the reader anyway. I did all the necessary steps to get the game up and running, and it worked pretty well with DOSBox. I was soon on a loading screen. When the game was done loading, the face of a man rendered in vector graphics and had taken up the whole screen. The lines making up face were deep blue. He looked wrinkled and weathered. Ah, so you finally arrived, hero, the man said in a wizened voice. I commend you for your bravery. Go sail the river Akron and vanish the evils, vanquish the evils that plague the world of man. Pretty generic stuff. The game was fairly simple. Before every level, there would be a little cutscene of your character sailing on a boat down a river, and then when the level started, you were in some kind of dungeon. You played in the first-person view, sword in one hand, shield in the other, and you walked through these dungeons, killing monsters as you went. Occasionally, a monster would drop a better sword or shield, then you would equip it. It was like Diablo from a first-person view. The game was very... It was, it was admittedly very simple, but I played for a while. I was playing for two hours, and the end of the game was nowhere in sight. The game had a save anywhere feature, so I saved and logged off. I planned, con- planned on continuing tomorrow. I wanted to make sure that the game would be finished before I uploaded the files anywhere. I didn't give the game much thought when I was at work, but when I came home, I had a strong desire to play Akron. I didn't have much work to do at home, so I got some snacks, drinks, sat down on my computer to play. As I was playing and enjoying the dungeon crawling gameplay, loop, something strange happened. I began to feel drowsy. I kept doing the thing where you slowly close your eyes, your head begins to nod off, and then you suddenly snap awake. I didn't realize my day at work had been so exhausting. I tried to fight it for a while, but then eventually passed out. When I awoke, I realized that my computer was still on and playing the game. 
It was now 10 p.m., which meant I had split for about five hours. Decided to save the game there and then go to bed. I opened the save slot menu and realized something. The game records what level you were on and how long you had been playing whenever you made a save. I had begun my mission when I was about level 12 with two hours of gameplay, and then almost immediately passed out. When I made the save, I saw I now had seven hours of playtime, and I was now on level 35. This spooked me. Did I sleep play a game for five hours? I've heard of people doing some surprising things while sleepwalking, but I didn't have a history of sleepwalking, period. I decided to simply turn my computer off and go to bed. But as I tried to fall asleep, my mind was filled with thoughts of Akron. I couldn't explain why, but it felt as though I could play for just a little longer. And then I could finally beat it. Plus, the nap had taken, I had taken made it hard to feel tired. So I climbed back out of bed and started playing once again. I walked into work the next morning feeling exhausted. I had stayed up all night playing the game, and I hadn't been able to fall asleep. I thought about calling in sick to get some sleep, but decided against it. The whole time while I was at work, I was thinking about Akron. The game wasn't anything special, but for some reason, so enticing. The best way I can think of how to explain how I felt was to say Akron was like a food. When it got down to it, was it really, excuse me, was like fast food. When it got down to it, was it any good, really? Not really. But was it enjoyable? Absolutely. And then there was the way you could just get into a rhythm with it. Get in the dungeon, kill monsters, get loot, move on to the next dungeon, and so on. I guess that kind of cycle was the appeal of most dungeon crawler games. When I got home, the first thing I did was get Akron started. And I sat there, and I just played. Soon, I started to slip back into unconsciousness. I awoke hours later. It was now 5 a.m. Like before, the game was still being played. Looking back, I knew that should have been the moment that I had gotten rid of the game. I should have just chucked it in the trash and washed my hands of the whole thing. But a fog had settled over me. I remember feeling like I was on autopilot. Whenever I look back at that day, it feels like something else was in control of my body, like my consciousness was just along for the ride while my body went through the day. Internally, I was trying to figure out how I could sleep play this game for 12 hours, but my body was out of my control. Whatever was in control of me, in control of me saved and then went about my normal morning routine. I got dressed and went downstairs to make coffee. Except when I walked into the kitchen, it was a total mess. My microwave had been ripped from the wall and was now disassembled on my kitchen table. It had been gutted of all its electron electronic parts and wiring. I remember walking over to the table, seeing that, along with the mess, there was a stack of notebook paper. Every page was filled with notes and diagrams. I remember seeing the words, Blast Radius, Explosive Yield. I'll need to finish this when I get back. I heard myself say, and then I got in my car and drove to work. But now I was completely panicking. But I couldn't say or do anything. I felt like I was riding in the backseat of my own mind, watching someone else go about my normal day. It was a ter terrifying feeling, not being in control of my own body. I couldn't do anything as whatever was controlling my body walked into my workplace, talking to all my friends and coworkers almost exactly how I would on an ordinary day. Whatever was controlling my body sat me down at my desk and started working on my latest project. Eventually, a coworker was walking by my desk and stopped to look at me. Whoa, man, you look kind of dead, he said. Did you get some sleep last night? 
Don't worry, I'm fine. I could hear myself say. All right, I was just a little concerned, my coworker said, and he walked back off to his station. I wanted nothing more than to scream, to let him know I was not all right, that he needed to help me somehow. But I came up against this mental barrier that prevented me from doing anything. Was this it? Was this how I'm going to exist for the rest of my life? No. I had to fight it. I reached out and tried the simplest of actions. Move one of my fingers. I focused solely on moving my pinky finger. My whole consciousness was devoted to making sure that this one action happened. And I focused on moving it. And then I was back in control of my whole body. It felt like I got drenched in cold water. I gasped as I began to process stimuli again. I looked down at my arms, moved them around just to make sure it was me who was doing it. I quickly gathered my things and got up to leave. As I walked past the front desk, I told the receptionist to tell my manager that I was feeling very sick and I needed to get home very quickly. It was time to get that game out of my life. I got into my car and drove back to my house as quickly as I could without getting arrested. When I got home, I immediately went to the back room and ripped Akron out of the disc reader. I walked into my kitchen and turned on the burner on my stove. I wasn't just going to throw this game away. I wanted this game gone for good. I went to lay the disc down on the flame, but something stopped me. Try as I might, I couldn't make myself place the game anywhere close to the flame. I strained with all the effort I could muster, but I couldn't do anything. Suddenly, my limbs began to move of their own accord. My legs moved in a janky pattern, and my arms kept the floppy disk at arm's length. Stop this, I yelled at no one in particular, more to feel as though I could actually do something than anything else. I was forced to walk to my room. My computer was powered on and the disc reader was there. No, I won't do it, I yelled, but I had no choice in the matter, as I was forced to sit in my chair and turn on the game. I was forced into that abyss of unconsciousness once again. But when I woke up, I was lying in bed. I quickly, I got up quickly, remembering what had happened before I lost consciousness. I looked around. Nothing in the room looked different. The Akron disc was still in the reader. My phone was charged and on my desk. I picked it up to see the date. July 9th. One week after I had lost consciousness. I sat down for a second. And now had a whole week unaccounted for. I checked the phone calls I had made, no calls from work, which meant that I hadn't missed a day. Whatever was in control of me kept up appearances. Suddenly I felt an overwhelming compulsion to check my closet. I decided to oblige this compulsion. I got up and opened my closet. Everything looked normal. None of my clothes were missing, all my pairs of shoes were lined up on the floor. (laughs) Under the floor, I heard a voice in my head say, I moved some shoes out of the way and found a cord on the floor. I grabbed the cord and yanked it. A section of the floor was dislodged, revealing a secret compartment. A compartment I definitely didn't remember being there. I moved the panel aside and stumbled back in shock. Inside this compartment was an arsenal of weapons. Upon inspection, I found two handguns, I think they were Berettas, a taser, AR-15, and most worryingly of all, about a stock of ten or so pipe bombs. I didn't own any of these before I had gone to sleep. Is this what I had been doing when I wasn't in control? I put the panel back in place and made my closet look like it did before. With everything in place, you would never be able to tell that the compartment was there. I sat down at my desk and looked at the disc. It had this terrible aura. Just Just looking at it made me feel a sense of dread. 
I had already tried getting rid of it before, but I knew that it wouldn't work. But maybe if I could find out why this game was doing this to me, maybe if I can do something to stop it. I turned my computer on and opened up the game files. There were only three. Opening scene, acreon.exe, and ending. It was obvious what opening scene was and what acreon.exe were, but as I moved my cursor over to the ending file, I heard a ringing in my ears, and then suddenly got a headache. But I didn't hit a barrier like I had when I tried to burn the disc. I clicked on the ending file. The file was an, apparently a video. It automatically went full screen when I clicked on it. The video started with a man sitting at his desk. I was surprised by how clear the image was considering that it was on a floppy disk. A couple seconds of high quality footage like this should have been more for this disk to handle. Guy at his desk looked like a bureaucrat. He had brown hair that was combed over, black rimmed glasses, and a tweed suit. His face was expressionless. Hello player. The man said in a monotone voice. The audio was really clear too. How could this disc handle all this data? I hope you enjoyed your game, the man continued, because now the real work begins. What you thought was a simple video game is, in actuality, a tool for liberation. You see, we have been well aware of how popular bootlegs of American products have been made on the other side of the Iron Curtain. Iron Curtain, I thought. Wasn't that a Cold War thing? And we saw that this could be used to our advantage, the man continued. The boys downstairs have created this game and put it on this special floppy disk with the intention to infiltrate the Soviet black market. If you are playing this, then you are now going to be used to serve a much greater purpose. You may have noticed gaps in memory, missing bits of time. You may have experienced moments where you were conscious but not in control of your actions. This has been caused by the game. While unconscious, you were subject to subliminal messages like this. Images begin to flash on the screen. Diagrams of guns and their parts, first aid techniques, recipes for explosives. Even though they were only on screen for fractions of a second, I was somehow able to understand all of them. The information they contained began to flood my mind. Information about dozens of different guns and calibers, how to construct dozens of IEDs, and more horrible knowledge. The ringing in my ears got worse, much worse. My vision began to get blurry. These images are meant to prepare you for an uprising. You are now properly prepared to overthrow your communist oppressors. You have been denied freedom for so long. The candle just fell out, out oh. towards me and scared me. <clears throat> you have been denied freedom for so long, but now you will fight to make other men free, the man said. The ringing and headache were so unbearable. I stood up and started to hyperventilate. I could feel the familiar unconsciousness creeping up on me. Godspeed, soldier. The man said, then the video cut off. I could still feel myself becoming drowsy. As terrified as I was, I realized I couldn't let this game take me. Who knows what I would do if I lost control to this thing. Through my blurry vision, I looked down at my desk, my hard, wooden desk. Screw it, I thought. I brought my head down on the corner of the desk as hard as I could and passed out. When I awoke, I was lying on my, I was lying on my back on the floor of my room. I put my hand on my forehead, and it came back bloody. I gathered my strength and sat up, which brought a whole new level of pain to my head. I sat there, clutching my head. Eventually, 
managing to stand up. I've come up with a plan. It's not perfect, but it's the best I can do. I can't get rid of this game. Those subliminal messages must have used something of a conditioning to prevent me from doing anything to the disc. So I'm going to get rid of myself. If this game once was meant to turn me into some kind of revolutionary, then who knows how much damage I could do with the arsenal in the closet and no control over my actions. I'm going to get in my car and drive out into the country, get myself far away from any population centers or weapons. Then I'm going to burn... Then I'm burning out my car and destroying my phone. I don't want anyone to find me, and if I do end up losing to my condition, then I'm going to make it as difficult as I can to get back to anywhere where I can do serious damage. Which brings me to why I'm writing this. I'm trying to warn you all about Acra. I can't get rid of it, but maybe one day someone reading this will be able to. I looked it up, by the way. What Akron meant. I thought it was just some fantasy word, but it turns out it actually means something. In Greek mythology, Akron is the river of woe that flows through the underworld. How fitting. Dude, that's dope. So that's what Putin's been doing all this time? I think so. He's putting it in the video games. So, like, it makes me, like, wonder about, like, shit like Skyrim and stuff. Because, like, okay, so before Skyrim, there was Oblivion. (coughs) And I was obsessed with that game. I fucking lived, breathed that game. Like, I was, like, so, like, I totally got, like, going Yeah, not being able to put it out. Yeah, Yeah. you just fucking, you just have to fucking keep playing it. Like, that was, uh... Dude, it, subliminal messaging is terrifying to me. Yeah. I think that that's Different a new kind phobia. Of scare. Yeah, like how you can control people like that. And like apparently like your brain can like consume knowledge like that fast. Like what I what I uh, have trouble like grasping is how it, it managed to um, blank out his memory. Yeah, just like, like turn him off. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, I could I could see like the subliminal messaging of like uh, explaining how to how to make weapons and, yeah. and yeah. all this and like in that influencing someone yeah. to like be like oh shit like I know how to do this already yeah. <clears throat> and I but, guess for for those but of, like losing yeah weeks on end for those that aren't familiar with what no sleep is on Reddit we pull stories from there all the time the whole premise of no sleep is that it happened yeah and yeah. you take it at face value so that's what I do um in a, in and I mean like <laughs> if you think about it if, if they could flash images to teach you how to make weapons and stuff like implanting like a sleeper cell kind of like mentality, like a trigger word and stuff like, uh-huh. dude, they could totally do that. Like execute order 66. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <clears throat> dude that's, that's, that's what the, that's what the coronavirus vaccine has been has done uh, to all of us. It put us, they put our inhibitor chips in. <laughs> and once, once the war starts, Execute. We're, we're, we're killing all the we're killing all the good world leaders. Oh, dude, that's a conspiracy all in itself. <laughs> Real talk, though, like if you think about it, video games is the perfect way. Yeah, yeah you spend Trump, hours. Trump is not the perfect realizing. Palpatine too. Like you spend hours not realizing. Execute order sixty-six. <laughs> you spend. <laughs> <laughs> that's so dumb. <laughs> Get you up to fucking live from Trump Tower. Oh Jesus! Okay, but you spend <laughs> hours like playing a video yeah. game, and if they're just flashing images every couple of seconds to where you don't like, you're not comprehending with everything moving around. Like, yeah, that's that's fucking scary. 
And I think my favorite part of it is how he got it, like the whole flea market thing, which means it's somehow he didn't give (coughs) a time, location, name or anything. We don't know any of that, but I'm assuming it's set in present time because some of the weapons and stuff that were brought up tells us that it is a more modern era. So that means it somehow got lost in the Soviet Union, made its way to an American, I'm assuming, uh, market. Yeah, because everything you said was like... Modern. 70s and up, yeah. Said modern, yeah. It felt felt modern. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it somehow made its way here, and then this one guy was like, oh, "Okay, yeah, you cool got a box game. and it just but, had it in there." Yeah. But the thing that's weird about it is that it it could be new because it's a floppy disk with all that information. They don't work like that. Yeah. They don't work like they. And work. it makes and it makes sense because Russia only has Soviet era weapons right now. Yeah. Like. Or, I don't know. Yeah. yeah I don't know how. It's a story I'm probably going to go back and read. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. It didn't say Russia, but I'm assuming we're There's another <laughs> story. I'm assuming we're yeah. uh, we're talking about Russia here. There's another story that We know for sure has... that the disc was made. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. We, we know for sure. I know I have to get it out. The disc was made in America, sent to Russia. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah, okay. Just make yeah, sure so we're all So yeah. like yeah, that's what you're saying is since they're behind kind of it would make sense for them to get the floppy disk and be like, "Oh, okay." And then play yeah. it. Yeah, I get you. Because they, that Russians Russians uh, refuse to uh, use new technology. I don't know why. Maybe not Russians, mm-hmm. but the Russian government. The Russian might, military. Yeah, might be the better. Yeah, Russia, like they're they do have. I also uh, don't know anything. They do have new technology in their military, but what they're using in the current war is all Soviet era uh, weaponry. Wow, yeah, that's interesting. <clears throat> No. Uh, the, there was another uh, video game story that I just remembered that I read a long time ago, and it was about like some like uh, cursed like Pokemon game, and apparently like it was like Pokemon Black. It was a know. black cartridge, like, and uh, apparently like they 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 found it at a like kind of like a flea market setting. Mm-hmm. Like they were like, "What is like this is dope?" And you know, it was yeah. when Pokemon was all the rage or whatever. Apparently it was like a curse game that like <laughs> you would die if you played it. Kind of like Sonic.exe. Yeah. yeah, that whole story. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Uh, that is on No Sleep, and it is by user Sourbot, either Sourbot or Sourbot. Oh, my story was also a uh, creepy pasta. It was on creepy pasta. Mine be linked. Mine was uh, several news articles I pasted together. Because <laughs> <laughs> that All that right. shit that shit was everywhere. The show. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> you guys ready to draw? Oh yeah! Draw what? My turn. Oh, we're drawing pictures. Yeah, it is your turn. I'm gonna draw a picture. I had something scary happen. Yeah, you got something scary. Uh, Is this uh, work? (laughs) Yeah, it work. So we we take pictures of vehicles all day, Uh and the vehicles sit out in the hot hot sun. So when I open the hot hot door and let all the hot hot air out, (laughs) I like to let it air out, like roll the windows down. and I was parked in like the lot, so there's vehicles all around me. Yeah. And I had I think AirPods in, and I was just like listening to music or whatever. And I was just sitting there like on my phone. And then I guess you had either snuck up or just walked up, and I was just oblivious. Yeah. So and he I, just yelled at me, and I, I like, saw, had a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> I saw him open the door, about probably thirty feet behind, and so I scuttled real quietly <laughs> up to it because I couldn't tell if he had so his it's AirPods preemptive. in. Yeah, it was very preemptive. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I can tell like the angle that I was coming, there are no like uh, uh, rear view mirrors uh-huh. that you can see this angle, and uh, so yeah, I took advantage of it. Yeah, he got me good. I was scared. That's all I had. I haven't had any actual spooks. I can't remember what I yelled. I don't know. 
Did you have any spooks? It might have been a racial slur. I don't know. Possibly. I don't think he would. Have don't don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you have any spooks? Mm, nah. Nah. Oh, thank you for giving me a boner. Uh, yeah, or the boner. We never explain that for audio listeners. I ha- There's a bone. It's a deer bone. That, it's that, a deer antler. That helps us know who is going to tell the last story for the next episode. <laughs> I just handed it to And you. I'm a child, so like I was, I saw bone, and I was like, do people, boner. Do people listen to us? Like, listen, or they just watch? Yeah, no. We've got, Poor souls. Like, we usually sit at about 25, 30 plays on every episode. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Did so, you have a draw? I drew Attic. Oh, that's okay. going to be a fun Shit, episode. Finally let Rosanna. <laughs> yeah. Jesus that's a big Christ. inside joke. Nobody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Attics. Any kind of... What do you What do you always say? Like, oh, okay. So you... <laughs> that freaked me out. You <laughs> handed it to me like that and I let go and it felt like something. Pulled it. Like, mm, that's not good. Uh, not going to lie. My childhood home growing up, I was terrified of my attic. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, shit. It was just something about, because it was... um, Don't tell us. No, no, no. Small enough to not make a story. I don't have any any stories, but uh, it was just an opening in the ceiling. No ladder or anything. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. I would be terrified So you would have to get a ladder to get into it. That's it for episode 35 of Dead Reflections Podcast. We like to shout out our friends in Dark Hour Podcast. We encourage y'all to give them a listen and check them out. <laughs> follow us at Dead Reflections Podcast on all social medias or follow the link tree to find our socials. Spotify, TikTok, Apple Podcasts, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the video version of this podcast on YouTube. Email us at deadreflectionspod at gmail.com to submit your stories. Let us know how you're doing, how we're doing, or to let us know if we should put some subliminal messages in one of our new songs. Uh, be sure to follow our band uh, at FWFTX everywhere. <laughs> Please leave a rating or review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It puts us in a more horror podcast playlist and helps us uh, find new people to, to listen to our creepy stories. Thank you for all your continued support. And remember, tell your family, tell your friends, and tell the monsters under your bed. <laughs> so tell your family, tell your friends, and tell the monsters under your bed to listen to Dead Reflections podcast. Have a spoopy night.